Everybody's gonna pay Cause the million dollar man Always gets his way <laughs> Alright, so we are with our second installment of the million dollar questions um, If you haven't heard the first one, uh, it was posted last week uh, Today though, we have uh, my... Shane McMahon to my Heath Slater. Uh, this is uh, Marcus Vandenberg is my um, guest today. And uh, every now and then I just kind of send him a little message saying, hey, when are you going to hire me on Yahoo Sports? When am I going to make that, that money? Or Skrilla or whatever I want to call it. But, uh, <laughs> but we're, uh, we're going to jump into it. Uh, Marcus, you are. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, you are going to be able to kind of put your own little uh, dig in, whatever you want to say in the last segment. But uh, let's go ahead and roll into it. You ready? Ready. All right. So, uh, who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Favorite wrestler of all time, Bret Hart. Oh my god! Uh, this, this isn't oh. going to go well. But okay. Oh go. no! <laughs> but go, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell but me. We what. don't really have to say about Bret. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. You, you tell me why you like him, and uh, and uh... yeah. So I got into wrestling 1993. Uh, so first event was the Rumble of that year. Uh, which Brett was a part of. And I, I don't know, maybe it was the sunglasses, maybe the fact that it, it was the jacket. But for some reason, I gravitated towards uh, Brett Hart as a kid. So what, um, you know, kind of looking back, and, and especially now, because I mean, it, here it, it's an important question, right? Like, I think every, every wrestling fan wants to kind of put their two cents out there, saying, like, this is why, you know, here's my favorite wrestler and here's why. What is it about Bret Hart? I mean, what, is it a certain... I mean, now that you're, you're able to look back at his career... Um, what, what is it about this guy that, that, you know, in a nutshell, why do you like this guy? It's funny because I, looking back, he was so formulaic. Like, you knew step by step in his matches, his moves, and, and what it would lead to. And looking back at it now, it's probably kind of boring. I mean, if, if a wrestler was so step by step and by the books now, I probably would hate on it. But for some reason, as a kid, I, I at least knew, okay... He's, you know, second, uh, second rope elbow is going to lead to this spot, which is going to lead to the sharpshooter. Uh, the fact that he did win, but he, he won, but he didn't win like Hogan. I felt like Hogan was winning every match with these crazy odds. I felt like Brett at least was a lot more believable when it came to his victories. Um, and then plus, I really did enjoy when Brett got to turn heel and have that whole uh, Canadian run uh, in the mid '90s as well. It showed some character, so some some range there. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now, like I'm not a huge fan of Bret Hart for the reason why. I mean, because he was very formulaic. Um, I felt his matches. I, I I guess the whole thing was that you know you got into wrestling '93. I got into wrestling about '83, right? So um, mm -hmm. you know, with, with a lot of and what happened during the '90s was a lot of people were coming out of the woodworks with wrestling, saying like, "Oh, I love wrestling," and this and this. I was like, "Well, do you like wrestling, or do you like it because it's a fad and it's cool to like now?" And I felt that kind of Bret Hart was the poster child for every kind of new wrestling person that's like, "Oh, you know, Bret Hart's the guy." I will say this though, um, he is uh, my co-host. Uh, Better have my donuts. Uh, that's one of his favorite wrestlers is Bret Hart. Um, I I have kind of. 
done a, maybe a 180 on Bret Hart. Um, I respect what he does. It's kind of like the whole Colin Kaepernick thing, right? Like, I respect what he what he's trying to say, but the platform isn't right. Um, I will say, though, that his Canadian heel run was one of the best heel turns. It was one of the best heel runs of all time. And, um, I, and I think that really showed uh, what he was as a performer. And uh, for anybody that likes Bret Hart, uh, you have to read his autobiography. Uh, um, great, oh, great, it's book. so good. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and that's really what kind of turned me around as well. It gave me kind of an insight to Bret Hart. So, I'll yeah, what two thousand sixteen Bret Hart? I hate. Just <laughs> he, he's so bitter and he's so grumpy and he's such an old man that he just needs to stop. Well, and I think that was the other thing too is that you know there's a there's a kind of so my favorite wrestler is Ric Flair. So there's that whole Ric Flair, Bret Hart feud. Um, and, but, you know, I, I don't know if he's grumpy. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, granted, he's gone through a lot of things. He's, you know, he's, he's dealing with cancer. Um, he's dealing with a, uh, he had to kind of deal with his brother dying. Um, yeah, the stroke. Yeah, yeah, the stroke, yeah. And so, I mean, the guy, I mean, the guy's had, he's had a bad run, um, but he's, he was, he, re he reconciled with Ric Flair. Um, you know, he, I feel I don't see him as being bitter. Um, I haven't really read up, you know, anything that he's done lately. But what he's done in the WWE over the past two years, I, you know, I've I have no problems with this guy. The better stuff was in reference to Seth Rollins and sort of him yeah. calling out Rollins for. That's true. Yeah. It just seems like all right. We get your point. You don't like Seth Rollins. That's cool. But move on. Yeah. Don't and don't don't be uh, don't be like um, I, I can't I can't remember the guy's name. I was gonna make a wool tights reference. It was uh, some wrestler that was mad because people weren't wearing wool tights way back when. But let's move on, like we said. So uh, the second question is: uh, so you have your favorite wrestler of all time, and I feel like it's gonna be a big name, right? Like mine's Ric Flair, yours is Bret Hart. But when it comes down to mm -hmm. it, who's kind of that wrestler that's kind of like your? I wouldn't say like guilty pleasure, but kind of like you know, like my kind of favorite wrestlers like Arn Anderson or, or Macho Man or Tully Blanchard. It's like. Even though I like Ric Flair a lot, it's like I gravitate towards these guys, and this is the match I want to see. What? Who's kind of like your real favorite wrestler? Shawn Michaels. That's that's the second time that that's come up. Okay, T tell me why. Shawn was also in the '93 time range when he was the IC champ, and I think that the great thing about Shawn is his evolution from rockers to singles wrestler to Degeneration X, back to singles wrestler. Uh, we'll skip the NWO run. Yeah. Uh, back to DX. I feel like he was able to go back and forth between so many different roles and as a character, but in the ring, you knew what you were getting night in, night out. Um, he was consistent in terms of his style. Um, I, I still think one of um, my favorite matches in Raw history was him and Shelton Benjamin which was just a, a match that on paper might not be anything special, but um, something about that match and something about him in the ring and how you know, the finisher was the ending. That was the big kicker, but uh, for lack of a better term. But, yeah, he, he's someone. Plus, I mean, who didn't want to be Shawn Michaels as a kid? Who didn't want to be the sexy boy? And who didn't sort of memorize that song and sing it to themselves? Uh, still might do it to this day, so... Well, it's funny. That uh, you, I would say Shawn Michaels. Yeah, it's it's funny that you bring that up. Like, who didn't want to be him? Well, I was probably when he was making his run. I was probably about 
between like 15 and 17. Uh, so I definitely don't want to be him. But it, it's, it's, it's kind of <laughs> neat to kind of see that different perspective. Um, you know, Shawn Michaels, you know, when, when you look back at him, and, and I've said this before, uh, he, he is definitely top five. You can make an argument for top three uh, wrestlers of all time. Um, you know, and people talk about his backstage politics, but the click was working, right? It's like whenever you have a group like that, the click was working. It was it was starting to generate money. I felt that if McMahon would have given uh, Nash, Owens, uh, X Pac, and Shawn Michaels the reign the reins to kind of do what they wanted to do in terms of storyline, I really think you don't have the money in that war. But yeah, I mean, uh, there's I don't think there's anything else you can say about Shawn Michaels. And you know, it's funny that you're I've done two of these, and Shawn Michaels has been someone's favorite wrestler, um, you know, for for that reason. Interesting. And I, and I think he's someone who got out just in time. And I don't want to see him come back because I, I, I've i seen current photos of Sean when he's not, you know. There was a photo, I think, last week him and Triple H at the Performance Center. He looks old. He's, he's an old man. I think he got out just in time before he is someone, you know, you mentioned Flair. Flair, I'm sure you would agree, wrestled way too long. And, and he's, he's cut promos way too long as well. I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of funny that you bring up uh, Shawn Michaels because uh, he, he did have his own show, I think, like on TNN or some outdoor show, and he was uh, holding a bow and arrow. And, uh, you know, so he has the two eyes, and one's going one direction and one's going the other direction. I'm going like, well, what eye is he using? You know, so, so yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, got it at the right time. Um, and, you know, I mean, you, you don't have, you know, I, I really like to say, like, you know, Seth Rollins to me reminds me a lot of Macho Man. Um, but like you don't have like your Finn Balor's, you don't have guys like Seth Rollins without watching a without watching a Shawn Michaels match, and you know he's not as you know he's not as flamboyant as say like a Ric Flair or even revered as much as a Bret Hart. But uh, you can really see his his kind of shadow in pro wrestling today. I agree. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Um, this is the best match you have seen. It doesn't have to be in person, but the one match that if if you wanted to like. Like, so the, the other day, um, my two daughters, you know, we, we had some time. I say, I said, let's watch this. You know, if you guys want to know which, which match, um, which made me a wrestling fan, um, let's watch this match. And I'm not going to tell you which match it is because this is about you. But uh, what, what's your kind of the match that you kind of always kind of harken back to and tell people about? Hmm. Since you phrase it that way, I'm, I'm going to say, I guess... Red Heart, Mr. Perfect, SummerSlam 91. Yes. My original answer was actually Punt Cena, 2011 Money in the Bank. That's a great match. But, but since you phrased it that way, you know, tell people, oh, you should go watch that match. But, you know, I, I think the Red Heart match is a match that, so I started in 93, and then once I got into wrestling, I was the guy who would go to Blockbuster and rent the old tapes sort of, to sort of catch up. And that... You know, that pay-per-view on paper, not very good. Um, but, like, the first hour of it, especially that match in particular, uh, stands out. And it was funny. I was actually watched I, a match I watched, I would say, two weeks ago. Um, it somehow came up in discussion um, and was able to turn it back on thanks to the network and, and watch. And I think it still, it still holds up. It, it's not, you know... The work rate wouldn't compare to 2016 wrestling, but for what those guys were doing in 91 compared to, I don't know, Hogan, 
uh, it definitely, you know, it did stand out. So with that match, here's a question I have. Like, do you think, and because I kind of have a problem with that match, who do you, I mean, do you think that both guys came out looking equally good in that match? I think there's a way to protect Perfect more than they did. Okay. I think I would have liked to see uh, seen the whole respect angle of that. I mean, it, it was a quality match. It got a little dicey towards the end, but I don't see why Bret Hart couldn't have, you know, gave him the whole handshake or the hug. And so I do think, you know, did uh, didn't Perfect well didn't Perfect leave after that match though? Didn't he have the back injury? Yeah, he he was he was yeah he left kind of right after in terms of getting out of the ring. Um, I, you know, I, I watched that match because that's the one that match that I didn't see during that time, um, and everybody points to that match. But I, me personally, watching that match, I really felt that Bret Hart and, and one of the main criticisms I have about Bret Hart is that he never really put anybody over. He put people over, but he put them over on his own terms, mm-hmm. um, just like just like any top guy should. Right? So I, I'm not discrediting for that, but I felt that that match. Uh, I really felt that Perfect did not shine in that match. Perfect was doing the job, was doing job after job after job for Bret Hart's moves in that match, and everybody kind of looks like, oh, like, this match was so important. I'm like, yeah, if you're a Bret Hart mark, it's an important match. But in terms of Mr. Perfect, and maybe Mr. Perfect couldn't go. I mean, I remember Mr. Perfect when he first started WWF or WWE. Maybe he couldn't go like he used to, but I just felt that kind of uh, Perfect got the shaft in that match. Well, I was looking up now. So that was his last match until '92. So he did walk away. So I guess that might explain the ending in terms of why Perfect just got the hell out of the ring and gave the spotlight to Brett. But that, that's a fair point about Brett. Brett was not about... And, and that's something that Hogan's been accused of. That's something that Triple H has been accused of. Um, but that is a fair point to to label Brett Hart as a guy who didn't really want to put over guys. I think, I think Bret Hart wanted... I mean, I think Bret Hart went right by the business. I mean, if you, you kind of look at that match, and people still talk about that match today, uh, but I also think Bret knew his own worth, and I felt that you know he was also the president of his own fan club. So he was never going to put himself in a position where he would look bad in any type of match. Um, but you know, I will give Bret credit that that is a good match, but all I'm saying is that it could have been a better match if Bret was just able just to give a little bit, right? And, and I think that's kind of like the... what. Um, you know, everybody, there's a lot of hate with, with John Cena, but if you look at the jobs that John Cena has done, yeah, I mean, he's put over CM Punk. He, he allowed CM Punk to be the superstar that he became. Uh, and that's why I like that match a whole lot better was because you had both of these guys on top of their game. They're, they're doing jobs for each other in, in that ring. But, you know, you're, you're right. I mean, you look at those two matches, Bret Hart, um, and Mr. Perfect is a clinic for mid-sized guys uh, on how to put a match, and it elevated athleticism, and it, the work rate you're talking about today uh, was spawned from that match. I, I would say the, the SummerSlam match is more iconic, but the rematch was better at King of the Ring. Would you agree? <laughs> Excuse me, um, for uh, Bret Hart and... Yeah, the 93 King of the Ring. Um, you know, offhand, I, I have to watch that match again. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta realize when when Bret Hart comes on, uh, <laughs> my my mouth kind of becomes a gog, and I'm kind of like getting online and like you know looking at stuff. Um, I, I believe that's where they they did do the handshake respecting at the end of that match. Yeah, match at least. Yeah, you know, uh, Bret. I mean, I, I will say this: Bret when when Bret Hart has a good match, it's a good match. I I, I feel that there's a lot of. Um, 
how would I say, there's, there's a lot of, I can't even think right now, I'm sorry, but uh, there's a lot of over-exaggeration with how great Bret, uh, Bret Hart matches are. I think they're overrated. But, um, you know, I, you know what, you've given me some homework to do, and, and maybe that's something I can look at and give you a definitive answer. I'm not going to pretend that I know it, but I will give you this, that that match did set the bar for what wrestling was going to be for the next um, 10 years. You don't have... Uh, you don't have Shawn Michaels put on great matches. You don't have uh, The Rock versus Austin uh, during their Intercontinental uh, kind of uh, feud with, with, without that match. So I, I will I will totally support that match. All right. All right. Okay, so here's the other one. So this is the uh, next question is the wrestler you hate not named John Cena. And what I mean by that, and here's another example that I'm using, was uh, this is a guy that is, is over. Uh, you know, you're supposed to like, but you never liked him. My, my guy that, that I always kind of hearken to is... Um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Everybody loved Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I could not stand him, and I and I think that's I give I give a lot of credit to Hacksaw Jim Duggan because he started making me look at heels and started to appreciate the heel. But what is the who is the one wrestler that is over but you just don't like? I'm gonna pick a current guy, uh, Dean Ambrose. Yes, I don't get it. I, I I don't get him as a character. I don't get him as a wrestler. I think he's very overrated. I think the fans are starting to pick up on the fact that his character is a bit of a mess. And I don't think he's in the reaction he should be as a champion. And, you know, I, I wasn't too familiar with his stuff in NXT um, or in the indies. But since he's been called up to the main roster, even The Shield, I've never been a fan. I don't get it. So even... See, so here's the thing with Dean was that when he first came up in the Shield, uh, he was the guy that I kind of latched onto because I felt that he played a really perfect kind of heel. Um, he just kind of had this kind of like WTF factor about him. Um, but then when when he started becoming a face, it's the same thing. I was sitting there going like, I'm like what is it with this guy? I don't like his moves. He's he has soft punches. Um, his kind of uh, the thing he does with the rope where he he leans back and then comes out of nowhere and the person's like, oh, he came back. He's gonna clothesline me. Um, I don't like his signature moves. Um, I don't like his finisher. Um, I didn't like it when he first became the champion because they put him on a mic a lot, and he mm-hmm. just he just wasn't funny. But ever since the brand split and the matches leading up to the brand split, I've kind of it's not like I'm I'm rooting for the guy, but I kind of get it now. Like I I felt that I felt what he's doing right now. Uh, he's doing the best he can with SmackDown, and I've kind of turned the corner on him, kind of more like a Bret Hart. I'm like, I'm never going to fully say I embrace Bret Hart, but I respect what he's doing. I kind of respect what Dean Ambrose is doing right now. They definitely tweaked his character. He's a little more serious. He's not as goofy, uh, which is good for him, I think. Um, But, you know, I just... I I don't get it. Uh, I wish I had a kid so I can ask them what they see in Dean Ambrose. Maybe they can explain it to me. I, I definitely understand Rollins. I, I understand Reigns. But with Ambrose, I, I just, you know, not my cup of tea. You know, when when he first came out, and uh, back when Twitter was actually Twitter, and you could actually, you know, I, before I, when I had a small group of, of people following, I could actually have conversations with them. One one of the one of the female fans said there's there's he has like this doable factor to him, right? Like like he's <laughs> he's, he's ugly, but they would do him. And I'm going like, well. I'm like, you know, and, and I kind of get what they're saying. I mean, I, I'm not that I want to do Dean Ambrose, but there, you know, there's just kind of like this unwritten thing I think with him, um, especially with female fans. And I'm not trying to speak for female fans, but 
he just kind of has like this rugged thing that I think people kind of gravitate toward. And I think what happened was that, you know, Seth, Seth got pushed up right away because of his talent. And, you know, he kind of played the heel role. Roman Reigns um, got the face push that nobody, you know, that nobody ever liked. And Dean was kind of like still like that indie guy, right? He was still that guy that people would like. And, and it was okay to like Dean Ambrose because he wasn't given anything. But right after The Shield broke up, I thought he, he, had, he had a bad program with Seth Rollins. He had a bad program with um, Bray Wyatt. And he, he's had, maybe, maybe you throw Kane in there somewhere, but he's had some bad programs. Um, I will give Dean credit uh, when Roman Reigns was kind of getting that face push where people were starting to support him. It was because of Dean Ambrose, and then, you know, they, they broke off, and I don't know. I, it, the jury's out with him. I, I, I agree with you. I don't get – he needs to do something. He needs to get a little bit better in the ring, um, and he needs to cut – I think he needs to cut his old promos. I, I, I think the face thing, you know, maybe does – so let me ask you, him being a heel with that kind of – you think that might save him a little bit? I think that would help him. You know, I just – I think what's hurting him is just the, the doofiness of his, his baby-faced character. Um, you know, he, he's, he's not a goofball. He's goofball. He's not Brian Pillman. So I, I think he just he might be better off as, as a heel. Um, you mentioned uh, Bray Wyatt. He's another one that I just I don't understand. I don't get. I feel like they've tried now for it's been almost three years with Bray Wyatt, and he hasn't really elevated himself past that mid-card level. Um, and they continue to go with him. I just they need heels, but uh, I just I don't see it with him either. Well, we won't get into that because I'm a huge Bray Wyatt fan. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, oh no, it's, you're, the, you're the one. <laughs> I'm the one. Yeah, I'm the reason why Bray Wyatt is is, is who he is. Um, <laughs> is there anything that uh, is there anything that Dean Ambrose could do to change your mind besides going hell? What, what what in a perfect world? What do you want to see out of Dean Ambrose? A little different move set. I'm not a big, big fan of his, his moves. Um, hmm, that's a good question. I I wouldn't want to see a Shield reunion at this point. I feel like that ship has, has sailed for the time being. Um, maybe a manager of some sort. What it pretty comes down to is if, if we had that answer, we'd be working for the WWE right now and making a ton of money, right? This is true. This yeah. is why we're not. <laughs> that's, why, that, that's why we're not. The sad thing is that in, in the next five minutes, if, if people wanted like dead air, we would have a better plan for Dean Ambrose within two years, and I think the writers would. So That, uh, that is true, though. <laughs> there we go. All right. So now we're getting to the last question, and check out, check out these, uh, these production skills I have right now. Ready for this? All right, so uh, th that's the, that's what I do. This is where you kind of uh, t tell us a little bit about yourself. Any uh, any other projects you have, um, you know, I will. I want to give it away what you do and, and kind of the other side projects that you do, but uh, that's what you do instead of that's what I do. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, Marcus. Uh, yeah, so I am the baseball editor for Yahoo Sports. I am the one who gets the boss Mike Oz around, which I'm sure makes you happy. Yes. And uh, I've been at Yahoo for four years now, and I'm like the de facto wrestling guy. So if, if you do see a wrestling post on Yahoo, it's probably coming from me. And uh, besides that, I have a podcast myself called The Kings of Sport with myself and Nate Milton. Uh, it's a weekly sports show, but we touch on wrestling as well. Uh, I've been doing it now for about three and a half years. So it's, uh, it's been going along, and uh, 
Yeah, those are my two, my two babies is work and my podcast. Yeah, and, you know, you and Nate have a really good kind of dichotomy. If, if, and granted, I, I, I woke up at five, so I don't even know what the words I'm saying right now. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a really good balance. Like, you know, Nate, you know, from what I, when I've heard him, he's like really kind of just like this really boisterous personality. And then you kind of come in. It's kind of like the other couple, right? Like you come in very, very kind of even keel. And, and so it, it works. I, I would suggest everybody uh, to give it a listen. Uh, where do they go if they want to listen to your podcast? You can go to uh, kingsofsport.com or kingsofsport.podbean.com and you can find it. All right, and you're and you're still supposed to have me on at some point, right? Yes, we gotta have you on, man. <laughs> um, see, the wrestling talk on our show—it really depends on my mood. And since WrestleMania, I've been really down on wrestling, so we'll find an excuse to have you on. So and even with Nakamura and stuff coming in and stuff and the and the CWC going on right now, nothing. Well, that's changed. been good. I, okay. I should say I'm down on Raw and SmackDown. Yes, I'm. I'm totally high on NXT and CWC. It helps that it's an hour. That's been great. I've sort of been falling out of touch with ROH recently, um, but definitely the stuff on the network has been great. It's just the main part of the stuff that's been sort of eh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do something new here since you're you're, you're talking about um, you know you kind of being down on wrestling because yeah I mean it's some so, you know wrestling goes there's peaks and valleys um, there there's certain guys that uh, bring me back into wrestling so let, let let's just do something real fast whether you like them or not CM Punk love them perfect I love them too uh, Enzo and Cass love them good so I I think I think that's it uh, Finn Balor. Like him. Like him. Good. That that's it, we're, we're we're right in line. Uh, Samoa Joe. Love him. Uh, AJ Styles. Learned to love him in the last two years since he left TNA. When he was in TNA, I didn't. I thought he was just another dude. But then once he got to New Japan, and now he's he's blown my mind. So here's a tough one. Uh, New Day. Like him. Conflicted because there's some some racial issues there, um, but considering where they started and where they're at where they're at now, I, I like it. And it's more kind of like the whole like dancing, right? Like sugar yeah, and, and it's yeah. you know I, something I don't really notice, but my wife mentioned the other day she, we we're it was on the background, and she doesn't not a fan, and she sees them as stereotypical shucking and jiving, and you know yeah. I feel like. I see it, but at the same time, I feel like that's what they want to do, so I don't view it that way. Yeah, and, and, and that's, I think there's some, I think minorities on the whole part, you want to see people of your culture kind of like, with my thing, it's like Puerto Ricans, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. same kind of thing, you know, so I, I, I kind of get that. There's, uh, let's see, um, is that all the guys that I want? Oh, uh, so here, here's the, here is the very important question. Out of these, out of these four, uh, Charlotte Bailey, uh, Sasha Banks, or Oscar? Ooh, good question, huh? <laughs> That's a good one. Because all of them have different skill sets. Uh, I'm gonna say Bailey. Bailey, yeah. Yeah, I think this Bailey comes off as just the girl next door, and I find that interesting. Um, I think she just seems like a regular person who's, who happens to be a wrestler as opposed to Charlotte who I feel like I wouldn't know the true Charlotte but I probably figure out the true Bailey. 
Yeah, and uh, Bailey is from my hometown of San Jose, so that that's good going for her there. Um, you know, I, I'm a big. This is a big Sasha Banks house. But what I, what I will give Bailey is that I feel that when you're watching a Bailey match, you are 100 150% emotionally invested in what she does. I feel she elevates. Um, you know, she elevated Oscar in terms of actually caring. I mean, everybody liked Oscar, but that Oscar match, both those Oscar max matches are quickly becoming classics. Even the her match with Nia Jax, she was able to do a 20. 25 minute match with Nia Jax, which should have never happened. You're emotionally invested with her, so I, I think that's a good choice. Even though, uh, even though I'm a Sasha Banks person, I was at the first Bailey Austin match at Takeover, really? and that ending was still weird in, in person. And I don't know if it was weird to, to you watching on television, but I think it caught everyone off guard that Bailey, you know, passed out. I. I, re I really liked it. I, I thought it was a I thought it was a, a really great ending to that match. Um, I, I just I was just floored by that. So you you were there at you were there at NXT then. So you saw mm -hmm. so you saw Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. I did, dude. That you, you know your your name is not Marcus Vanderberg. Your name is now Lucky Bastard. I'll I'll tell you that right now. How how was it being in that match, dude? I mean that. <laughs> so when I ask you this question, I'm like, what do you feel about Nakamura versus Zayn? Because I think it's probably the best match I've seen all year. It's uh, so I watched it in person. I think I watched it back one time when I got home, and I probably have to watch it again to give my full opinion about best match of the year. But it's it's definitely up there. It was, it, it almost felt like this match was too good for Nakamura's debut. Like it, you should have built up. To, I think in my head, that's how good it was. But considering where Zayn was going and you know trying to give him the rub on the way out, it, it made sense. But in terms of debuts in recent years in, in WWE, that has to be top top of the list, right? I think yeah, I don't think there's any better debut than that. Between the music, the entrance, the actual match it's, itself, um, it, it was special. And, and and I will say this: I've, Nakamura is my favorite wrestler as of now. I always have you know periods of time where you know it was uh, it was like Chris Benoit. Um, uh, CM Punk, um, The Rock, uh, Nakamura. That's Nakamura is like my wrestler of the moment right now. Uh, Sami Zayn though really controlled that match, and I felt Sami Zayn did a way better performance of Nakamura, and Nakamura kind of received the accolades a little bit. So um, I will give Sami Zayn credit for that. Uh, we're coming up on the half half an hour uh, half an hour mark, and uh, my my poor kids are in the room. Everybody's kind of out of sight because I have a small house in San Jose. Um, you know. My, I appreciate you coming in. I knew you had to face that LA traffic, uh, so I appreciate that. Um, the other thing too is, uh, you know, pimp me on your website, pimp me on your uh, on your um, on your social media feed, uh, podcast, and you know, Honky Tonk Man has, has a podcast, right? I'm like, really? <laughs> so I'm like, wow. I mean, like that's how that's how flooded when me and you first started about three years ago, three and a half years ago. There weren't a lot of people doing podcasts. Now everybody everybody does a podcast. So um, this is kind of my way to to kind of. Get back to what wrestling's about. Who's your favorite wrestler? But at the same time, hey, you know, shine my stuff up. You know, get, give me, give me two more, two more listeners or whatever it is. I'm joking. We'll give you some love. We're actually we're going to record our show right now, so we will Perfect. make sure to shout you out. Hey, uh, and and I'm just joking, Mark, Marcus. I, I wanted to do this for a long time. It's always good to talk to a wrestling fan. And besides the Bret Hart thing, uh, we're we're pretty well on the money in terms of what we like. Um, Marcus Vandenberg, uh, check him out on uh, Kings of Sport, right? Yep. Uh, see, I got it right. So check him out on his Podbean. Uh, check him on uh, Marcus Vandenberg uh, on Twitter. And uh, read the Big League Stew. And uh, he is a big fan of mine. 
Uh, I'm a big fan of his because I, I bring some different to their podcast every week, and he he sits on 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 pins and needles waiting for me to see what I what I'm gonna say. So I appreciate it. Marcus. Anything else you want to end off with? Uh, what's up, Mike? Ass. <laughs> there we go. He's gonna come on too. So uh, check you out uh, next week. Hopefully, uh, this has been the million dollar question with my boy Marcus Vanderberg. And once again, my brother, thanks a lot. Thank you, man. All right, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's gonna pay Cause the million dollar man